Empower the use of open source with software composition analysis from Revenera. Hello, I'm Kendra Morton, Product Marketing Manager at Revenera. You're listening to a software composition analysis podcast where we discuss the importance of open source use in modern software development and how organizations are managing associated compliance and security risk. So here we are not too long after the critical log4j vulnerability and most likely an issue some organizations might still be struggling to remediate and what pops up on our radar but Spring 4 Shell, an RCE vulnerability in one of the most popular open source frameworks for Java applications. The NVD has given this issue a CVSS score of 9.8. I'll leave the rest of the details about this vulnerability to someone mar- much smarter than me, Naraj Takur, who is with us today to explain more about Spring 4 Shell. Naraj, it's so good to talk with you again, although one of these days, hopefully, we're going to talk about something other than a critical vulnerability. Yeah, thank you for having me here, Kendra, first of all. And, uh, you know, I... I uh, I would definitely, uh, you know, like to talk about this spring, uh, spring for shell vulnerability. What uh, the to- the topic that we have, you know, uh, tried to discuss today. So, you know, I'm very glad that we are here to run down on the, uh, you know, recent spring for shell vulnerability. But before we dive in, you know, just a quick introduction to myself. So, I'm a product security engineer with Revenera, and major focus areas are on product security, open source security, IoT, and industrial security. And, uh, you know, if we start talking about Log4Shell, this all started on the uh, morning of 30th of March, okay, wherein everyone was speculating around the Spring RC vulnerability in the uh, Spring Core framework, which is, again, one of the most popular open source framework for uh, developing the enterprise-level applications in Java. However, you know, uh, another Log4J kind of chaos already started once we see anything with respect to, uh, you know, uh, uh, remote code execution or something of similar sort. And the problem here started is, uh, you know, there are two more CVs which were disclosed for uh, same spring-related vulnerability, and people were mixing it left, right, center. And because of which the all, uh, you know, uh, chaotic environment for Spring for Shell again, uh, you know, started to happen. I mean, that has been the uh, story behind the uh, start of Spring for Shell. Very good. So, um, so help us, help our listeners understand this issue a little bit more. So what are kind of the nuts and bolts of the Spring for Shell vulnerability? What's it about? Uh, certainly. Well, you know, to uh, start off again, uh, this vulnerability got the attention because, uh, you know, it uses the most popular open source framework. And we already had a Log4j episode, which was uh, very recent, you know, talking specifically about Spring for Shell. There are, uh, you know, two specific vulnerabilities uh, from the RC perspective I'm uh, talking about. There are two particular vulnerabilities that allowed the adversaries to, you know, uh, achieve the remote code execution, the RCE for Spring Framework. If we talk about the first one, first one being uh, CV 2022-22963, and the other one being uh, 2022-22965. So if we talk about 22963, that is specific to, you know, a local uh, resource exposure bug in Spring Cloud function. However, if we talk about 22965, that actually leads to RC in Spring Core applications under non-default circumstances. Now, the non-default circumstances are, uh, you know, uh, th- there are multiple considerations to that, which, uh, again, we'll, we'll talk about it. However, uh, first, let's understand that the criticality for both the CVs 
were rated as 9.8, which is critical. But the categories of the impact, if you look at it, it was different. So when I say category of the impact, that means that 22963 basically makes an impact on the Spring Cloud function version uh, 3.1.6, 3.2.2, and any other uh, older supported versions where uh, you have the routing functionality uh, enabled, or if you're using the routing functionality. However, uh, you know, when we talk about 22965, Basically, that makes an impact on any Java application using Spring Core under non-default circumstances, which we talked about. So, you know, this is how uh, they, they are uh, different in the impact categories. And, uh, you know, these are some of the, if, if we talk about on a thousand, thousand feet level uh, or a high level, that what the Spring for Shell vulnerability is all about. This is all about the Spring for Shell vulnerability. And this is definitely, uh, you know, uh, quite different from the Log4j episode. Very good. So can we confirm that it's exploitable or as a security ecosystem, are we extra sensitive right now, given we're just rounding the corner from Log4j? Uh, well, we definitely are, you know, more aware and conscious now, both because of the recent Log4j episode. Uh, however, if you, you know, uh, if you see and we talk about the exploitation, it is exploitable given uh, various resources or various POCs that we see are already out in the wild. So we can go ahead and say that it is exploitable, but then again, there are uh, multiple considerations to Spring for Shell vulnerability in comparison to what we had for Log4j. You know, Log4j was definitely a, a more more uh, sudden vulnerability or a very surprised one. When it, it, it came in and not most of us were prepared to really, you know, respond to it or react to it. And hence, it created a hell lot of chaos uh, in most of the organizations, and uh, you know the it took away the sleep of many uh, you know people, be it the security folks, be it the developers, or uh, you know many of the CISOs also. They were very, <laughs> I mean, uh, they they were very afraid of the vulnerability that what if this gets really exploited in our environment. However, if you look at the Spring for Shell, uh, which has uh, been discovered uh, recently, you know, not much of the information was available while Log4j was, uh, you know, discovered. But we had quite a lot of information for Spring, uh, Spring for Shell. So if you look at it from that perspective, we can say that it is, you know, not the same. Uh, uh, it, it's not the same case as we had for Log4Shell because, uh, here we have at least some amount of information and also there were multiple iterations of fixes in log4j which is not the case in spring for shell so yeah i mean it is exploitable but considerably different from log4j got it thank you so what makes spring for shell more difficult to exploit than log4shell so are and are there other differences and similarities uh, from the exploitability perspective, you know, uh, if I talk about Spring for Shell, there is again, uh, you know, the Spring Framework vulnerability, which was caused by uh, unforeseen access to, you know, Tomcat's class loader as a result of the uh, new module feature added in Java 9. Okay, so now the access, this particular access could potentially allow any adversary to write a malicious JSP file accessible via the application server. So this is where the, uh, you know, the Spring for Shell really comes in. Okay, on the other hand, if we look at the Log4j vulnerability, that was the result of an uh, exploitable logging feature. Okay, if the logging feature is successfully uh, exploited on your infrastructure, 
then adversaries can perform the uh, remote code execution attack and compromise the affected server. Now, you know, uh, the question that we are talking about that what makes Spring for Shell really different? So it is really, you know, uh, based on the rationale for exploitation. So what is the rationale for exploitation when we talk about Spring for Shell? So there are uh, some considerable, uh, you know, exploitation uh, rationale for uh, Spring for Shell. First one being, you know, uh, I mean, it's, it's again based on the uh, official advisories also, which were published, that uh, you need to be using uh, a Spring app, which is up to or including the version of 5.3.17. Uh, and you should be running uh, Java 9 plus. Uh, you should you, you should be using uh, the form binding with name equal to value pairs. And, uh, you know, uh, you, you don't, uh, if you're not using allow list, or if you don't have a deny that blocks the field like uh, class module or class loader, in these cases you are vulnerable. And uh, you know, uh, last but not the least, the one which we talked about, the Tomcat. Okay, so uh, you you must be running Tomcat because the exploit takes advantage of the Tomcat's class loader and logging facility to write the uh, JSP shell. Okay, so these are some of the considerable requirements which were. Uh, required from a Spring for Shell perspective. And this is where it is different from log for shell because for log for shell, we did not really have these many considerations to really follow, but we had less number of considerations for log for shell. However, here we have a lot of uh, considerations to, uh, uh, or, or I, I would say these are all the prerequisites for your uh, exploit to be successful. And this is where, you know, uh, we, we were saying that log4j was a drop everything and patch now kind of uh, an event. We, but here in uh, Spring for Shell, what we do is we take more measured appro uh, approach with this particular vulnerability. If your application does not me meet all the conditions to be exploitable, what we talked about now, I mean, you should still go ahead and patch soon, as soon as, you know, you can. But uh, this should again be treated uh, at the very highest level because it's a critical vulnerability. And this should also be in line with the other vulnerabilities you, which you treat, which are critical because these, are no, these have a number of considerations to follow. But again, this is not as immediate as it was in the case of log4j. So this is how it is different from you know, log4j. Got it. So, and you've started kind of down this path already, but what should organizations be doing right now um, to manage this vulnerability and, and going forward, right? Because, I mean, mm -hmm. it, it, we, we, we've said there's there's going to be another one and there was, um, and there's probably going to be another one. So what, what should companies be doing? Uh, well, uh, there are a lot of things uh, which the company should be doing from a strategic point of view from a policy point of view, guidelines point of view. However, there are a few of the key factors I would want to talk about. Okay, first one that, uh, you know, doing the uh, SCA scans, it should be on a continuous basis. If you have an SCA scan running on a continuous basis, basically you have greater insight into what you are using within the product. We are either consuming from the market or we are selling something in the market. So in both the scenarios, we are very much aware of what we, what goes really into the product if you're doing the SCA scan. The second one that I would want to highlight or I want to talk about is conducting the supply chain security assessment. So conducting supply chain security assessment would again give you a clear visibility to the components we are using in our products, especially from the open source and third-party ones. 
So that is where your supply chain security requirements or supply chain security, you know, uh, related controls kicks in and you get to know that what what do we really have within the environment or maybe something that we are getting into the environment okay you also need to uh, uh, you know establish a dedicated open source section within the organization so that you ensure that we have compliance on the majority of unknown risk okay because majority of the unknown risk unknown risk again uh, you know it is coming from the open source or third party ones because we are not really much aware of the factors which are being uh, you know uh, which are being counted for those open source components okay or the third party components so we need to uh, we, we need to basically factor in the unknown risk that we are dealing with so we need to establish an open source section and last but not the you know least it's the one of the most important thing that you should patch at the earliest as soon as you discover something you go ahead and patch that I mean, not not just a spring for shell. Rather, I would say any outdated or obsolete component that you see, be it a third-party one or an open-source one, go ahead and patch that. I mean, these are the overall key uh, uh, points I would like to mention for the organizations. Very good. So, I mean, you, you mentioned the software supply chain and, and everywhere we look today, right? There's mm-hmm. something in the news, articles, people talking about yeah. the importance of managing and securing your software supply chain. So, and this again yeah. is another good example of why people or organizations should be doing that. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, the cyber world is completely unpredictable mm-hmm. and uh, you never know that how soon uh, we might meet again. But yeah, I mean, we hope for the better security in everything that we do or the, uh, you know, companies they do. So, yeah, I mean, that, that is what we uh, see that if it is very unpredictable, you need to have most of the things, the strategies, the guidelines, policies in place. And, you know, even more important is that you follow it. Okay, from a developer's point of view, from a leadership point of view. Everyone needs to adhere to the policies or guidelines which are outlined. Okay, so following them, adhering to, to them is the most important or the key to everything that uh, might, you know, uh, come to your way. It might be something good. It might be something bad, again, depending on what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So this is all valuable information. I think this vulnerability proves out a few theories regarding the importance of security and software supply chain management, especially given how dependent we are on open source frameworks and libraries. And unfortunately, yeah. I think we may be right back here again very soon, you and I talking <laughs> about the next zero day vulnerability. So Naraj, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you very much, Kendra. Yeah, as always to our listeners. Yeah, for sure. As always to our listeners, thank you for spending time with us as well. Please check out our blog at revenera.com forward slash blog forward slash software composition analysis for updates regarding Spring for Shell, as well as other software supply chain in open source software news and commentary. And we hope you have a fantastic day. Empower the use of open source with software composition analysis from Revanera.